0: Guys, welcome back to another episode of the Climb Podcast with Ed and Riley. We're back again for another episode. It's gonna be a good one this time. Are this we excited? Little... Yeah. <laughs> hey, guess what? <laughs> okay. We're excited. Same we're, as always. No. <laughs> right. We really are though. Uh it we, we love recording these, honestly. I mean, for the most part. For the we're kind
1: of tired, but yeah, it's fine.
0: Hey, same here. But we like as soon as I hop on the pad podcast, though, I always have like a good time just talking and hanging out and you know, we always talk about good topics. I'm always down for a good conversation. So that's more or less what these are. And uh, we record our conversations so that you guys can listen to them too. But uh, this week we're gonna talk for a little bit about uh, delayed gratification and how that can be used in business. This news can be a little bit more business and personal finance focused. And we're going to be talking um, about purchasing assets and letting those assets pay for your toys, essentially, or, you know, whatever you want it to purchase. So, uh, yeah, we'll get right into it. First things first, an asset. What is an asset? Um, I would say probably the easiest description of it is it is a cash producing body of something, if that makes sense. Okay, so so um, is I've, my, I've heard- if I'm living in a house, is that an asset? I've heard it both ways. As far as there's honestly, there's good arguments to both. Um, I would say no, it's not because it's not cash producing. At the same time, there is appreciation. Um, So you know, I've heard it both ways. If you ask Robert Kiyosaki, he's going to tell you no, (laughs) and that's kind of where I started learning about personal finance and stuff like that and investing. Um, So naturally, I would I would tend to say no more. But I've also heard very persuasive arguments towards the other side. So Uh, personally, I would say, no, your house is not an asset. Um, it's not producing cash. Like it's not, it's not cash flowing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I would say, no, your, your personal home is not an asset. If you have a rental property, of course that is an asset because it is producing cash for you. But Mm -hmm. anyways, we have a, I have a really cool story to tell you guys this week and I don't think Riley's heard this one either. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. And it was, the example was almost too perfect to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> as far you 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 guys will hear what I'm talking about, but um, the example I have is almost almost too perfect. I just I got to talking to one of my friends, and um, yeah, so essentially what what I'm going to be talking about is instead of so you want to purchase a vehicle or something like that. Instead of going out and purchasing the vehicle, instead of that, just simply purchasing something that cash flows enough to let you purchase the vehicle if that makes sense. Right. Um, so in this specific example, that's exactly what happened. So I have a very close friend of mine um, and I'm going to throw some disclaimers out there because I don't want to use this dude as like the bad guy, right? Not, not even close. He's a very close friend of mine. Um, he had just started his, finan- his his financial independence, his FI journey essentially. Um, and he is currently working towards financial independence, but at the time, he wasn't, I guess, very aware um, financially,
1: mm-hmm.
0: per se. So um, he purchased this vehicle. It was, a, it was an expensive vehicle, very, very nice vehicle. And uh, he purchased this vehicle. And soon after purchasing it, he uh, started getting more into personal personal finance and financial independence and stuff like that and purchases to make and not to make and assets and liabilities and all that other stuff and obviously a vehicle is a liability um because it depreciates with the exception of you know a couple of them but for the most part a vehicle is a uh, liability now he was smart enough not to buy a brand brand new one because the second you drive it off the lot you're losing like 20 percent of whatever you paid for 15 20 usually right. um so he was smart enough not to buy a brand brand new and he bought one that was about two years old, which is the way to go now he did get a good deal on the vehicle hundred percent I will say that um he he paid a, he paid a good price for the vehicle he was able to trade in his current vehicle and make a good or he, he got a very good trade in price right so there was there was these aspects that you know he was telling me when he purchased the vehicle he was telling me like you know I, I got a good deal on it and I got good trade in value for my other vehicle. And all of the above were true, um, but it's still purchasing a liability, and it's still immediate gratification versus delayed gratification. So uh, he purchased the vehicle. I was happy for him, right? It's a beautiful vehicle, very very nice. And um, a little a little ways down the road, probably like three months or so into owning it, he started reading more personal finance books and stuff like that. And I, I didn't say anything to him, right? Because you know. If I'm choosing that as far as financial independence and stuff like that, I'm not going to mind vomit that onto all my friends, if that makes sense. Like, you know, I'm going to mm-hmm. live my life like that, but my friends don't have to. Like, you know, that's up to them. So, um, oh, I meant to mention we do make about the same amount of money every year. So I, I knew approximately what, you know, financial position he was in as well. We do make about the same amount of money. And so a couple months into it, into owning the vehicle, he came to me. He he was like, "Yeah, you know, I uh, I'm not I'm not quite so sure about my vehicle purchase." And I was like, "Really?" He said, "Yeah." And I was like, "Why so?" He said, "Well, you know, I've just been reading, and I feel like it's just going to depreciate and and you know, he was talking about the vehicle is going to last for twenty twenty thirty years, something like that. And it's true. I mean, probably, probably you know, 15, 20 years. I think is what he was saying, and that's true. It will very nice vehicle, very reliable. Um, at the same time. It's not always good to purchase a vehicle for 15 to 20 years ahead of time, you know, something that's going to last that long because you don't know where you're going to be. You don't know if you'll have the vehicle um, financially, personally. You don't you don't know what position you're going to be in. So I don't feel like it's always good to purchase a vehicle that, you know, that you're like, hey, this is – I justify this purchase because it's going to last 15 to 20 years. You know what I mean? I don't think like that's proper justification for the purchase. So um, he was talking, and he was like, man, you know, I just – I don't know that it was that good of a financial decision and I, I didn't say anything. <laughs> I just kind of, I just kind of smiled. You know, I didn't really say much, anything. Um, I wasn't going to give my opinion unless it was asked for. So eventually that that was it for that day. Next day we got talking again. And he was like, what do you think about you? He said, do you think that was a, that was a good purchase? Cause you know, I got it for a good deal and I got good trade in and I told him, I said, honest, like personal opinion, I think it was a, I think it was a horrible financial decision. I would, I would not have purchased that vehicle. And he was like, really? And, he, and I said, yep. Yeah. He said, well, he said, I'm kind of thinking that too. Mm-hmm. And so this this was the, pretty much over the exact same time I was uh, about to close on the – or I wasn't about to close. I had was, I was, I just discovered it, and I was getting financing and all that other stuff for the house that I was going to purchase. Mm-hmm um, the, the little house I just did purchase. So it was right over the time that we were, that I was looking at that and about to purchase that house. So, uh, we get to talking a little bit. And so I started asking him some, I, I told him, you know, if you're free to share it with me, like, would you be okay with sharing numbers? And he was like, yeah, that's fine. So he ended up sharing numbers about the vehicle and it was crazy how close it was, but it was almost spot on. Where the my purchase price of the house, I bought a – I purchased a very, very cheap house uh, from my rental property, and so almost, almost exactly what I paid for the house was what he paid for the vehicle. They were almost exactly the same, and also what I was getting monthly was almost exactly what he was paying monthly for the vehicle. You know nice. what I mean? Right. So what I was telling him and then he was talking about the trade in from the other vehicle and stuff like that. So he was like, well, explain to me what you would have done Ed, in, in this situation. So I told him, I said, look, personally, right. If, if I had a little bit more time, he does have two vehicles. So mm-hmm. what I told him, I said, personally, I would have gotten your first vehicle and sold it. You could have, you got a good trade in price, but you could have gotten a couple grand more just yeah. selling it. Yeah. So he, I told him that would have taken a little bit of time, but that's okay. I would have sold the vehicle. I would have used that money for the down payment on that on the property. And then what you're getting, so go ahead and purchase the property. And then the monthly that you're getting from the property, just simply using that income to purchase the to purchase the vehicle, if you need to, or or you can you know put it back into the house where you're cash flowing on the house. But if you're okay with making that monthly payment, why not purchase an asset first that also produces income? Because, Riley, if you think about it, after he traded in the other vehicle and when everything's said and done, he might be a couple grand more because of closing costs and stuff like that on the house. But if you think about it, he's spending almost the exact same amount of money and monthly too. But now he's purchasing a house and a vehicle because he purchased the asset first, and then he's letting that asset pay for the vehicle or he can pay for the house and pay for the vehicle himself either way. Mm -hmm. But if you purchase that, you're letting it pay for itself. And you just recycle that right into the vehicle and that there's the whole concept and um, fun story. He's actually um, he's not sure yet, but he might be getting rid of the vehicle here in a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, you know, yes. I wasn't trying to I wasn't trying to tell him he has to, but I did explain it to him. And it, right. and it makes sense when you think about it, you purchase the asset first and you let the asset purchase your toys, your, your vehicles, or, you know, whatever. And I know some people, they don't care as much about vehicles. So you can purchase an asset and let that a- asset pay for your travel. How about that? Right. You know, uh, my, my property right now, I'm making about $7,200 a year off of it, which, you know, the rent's low, honestly, it's a little bit under rented, but I purchased this, this, this house and because it's cash flowing, it is an asset. So I'm making money off that $7,200 $7, a year that could pay for travel anywhere I want to go. Or if I wanted to purchase a vehicle, I could right. purchase a pretty decent vehicle with a $600 a month car payment. And I would be right. letting that asset pay for pay for itself. On top of that, when it comes to real estate, average appreciation is about 3.5% a year. So you can add that income to it as well. Not to mention when I purchased the property, I had, um, when I purchased it, just from buying it, I had like, they're almost thirty thousand dollars equity mm-hmm. in the in the place, so I purchased it for well under what it was worth. So if you think of all those factors, it's I don't know when it like me personally, oh, I just feel like yeah. it's kind of a no brainer when you would think about that.
1: You know, absolutely. Um, so explain equity real quick for people who okay, don't no. know
0: what that is. No problem. So yes, equity is essentially yeah. Yeah. So, equity in the house. There's different kinds of equity. There's sweat equity and all these other things. But essentially, it is um, for what you purchase and what you sell. The equity is the the in between money, the profit money, if that makes sense. In in the in the in the house. So, I purchased the house for thirty six thousand. Yeah. Um, and it appraises at about thirty. I mean, it appraises at about sixty seven right now. About sixty seven right. to seventy somewhere in there, or sixty five to seventy. But I think it's I think it's on I think it's sixty seven. Um, and so from what I purchased it to what it's worth. Now I did get a steal of a deal on the house, just kind of fell into my lap. We'll go deeper into that right. on another episode, but um, I did get a steal on the house, but the the equity is that in between money. So I purchased it at 36. It's worth about 66, 67, somewhere in there. And so that $30 in between is equity. I literally 30, made 30,000. Yeah, exactly. I made, I made 30,000 just by spending, I mean, just by buying the house, if that makes right. sense. Right. And there's also sweat equity, which would be, you know, you purchase a house for fifty thousand. I'll just make it easy. You purchase a house for fifty thousand, and then you fix it up and put another fifty thousand into it. So you got a hundred thousand in the house total, and then it appraises for, you know, one thirty, one forty, one fifty, whatever. Right. That in between money is your equity. So you know, if it appraises for one thirty, and you have a hundred into it, that thirty thousand is going to be your sweat equity because that there's what you put into it. Hmm. Yeah, if
1: that good. makes sense. Yeah, that's good. Um, so basically, I mean, like, even with appreciation, you said average of 3%, right? 3.5. Yeah, 5. 3. 5, yeah. That's more than what you're going to usually get at your bank. Oh, 100%. Okay, so basically, if people are sitting on money in their bank, just buying a house itself, that appreciation is better than having it in the bank. But yeah. then if you have that house giving you cash flow of... 10 grand a year, seven grand a year, whatever it is, that's obviously way better. So yeah. like either way
0: you look at it, it's, it's going to,
1: I mean, it's a good investment. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And the thing that a lot of people don't look at Riley is average depreciation on money itself. The, the dollar depreciates by about 2% every year. And most banks are paying you, you know, maybe 1% or something or point something percent. You know, if you have it in a savings, it's like 1%. Right. So by leaving your money in the bank, realistically speaking, you're actually losing money. If you let it sit, you're losing money because depreciation, you know, the the dollar depreciates by about 2% every year. So if you're not doing something with your money, you're actually losing money. And that's another something that a lot of people don't think of. Mm
1: -hmm. That's good. And also, if you're taking that money and spending it on liabilities, though, you're also losing money there as well. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's depreciation. They're going to lose value. Anything that isn't making you money um, is usually losing value. So,
0: yeah, 100%. And that's why, like me personally, you'll, I don't, I don't, unless I just closed a deal or something like that, you'll never find me with a lot of money in my bank account. I don't think ever. I will, (laughs) I'll always (laughs) have my money. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm going to keep my emergency fund and stuff like that, but I'm always going to keep my money dispersed into different accounts that are making me money. I have no need for money if it's just sitting in my account doing absolutely nothing because at that point it's just depreciating and I'm just losing money. Right, you know what I mean. I'm always going to be putting that's my money good. into real estate or a, or a Roth IRA or you know something. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's yeah, pretty much really the good. story for today. Do you have anything that's... else to add to that one, Riley?
1: No, that was really cool. Like that was a perfect example for it. Like you said, it like, really the world. was,
0: and that's what I was saying. Like when I got to talking to him about numbers, it was pretty crazy because like I planned on using an example of that, but I didn't know the example was gonna fit that perfectly because like within a couple thousand dollars, price of vehicle and price of my house were the same. And within like right. I think about fifty dollars was a monthly payment and and what I was making. So it was a perfect example um but it's it's really good to think about things like that and you know you don't need the the vehicle or the nice stuff or the the clothes or the trip or whatever right now if you can get something set in place that's making you money to pay for the trip and also if you're if you're traveling or something like that you have to realize like you can travel for months at a time you're still getting paid while you're while you're gone so right. anyways you guys just got a brief uh rundown of why i love real estate (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's very good (laughs) but i
1: really do i really do uh
0: but yeah is there anything else you wanted to add to that one arlie
1: no i think that was pretty said pretty clearly that's pretty cool wonderful yeah
0: well i did all of the talking so maybe next episode we'll just interview you about something no i don't (laughs) know but anyways i do appreciate you guys listening we had a we had a wonderful episode and a wonderful uh little story here i thought something that was really cool and it's, it's good to get your mind thinking like that and you know, just expand exp- expand your knowledge and expand your whole realm of thinking. And, you know, that's that's where a lot of money making comes in. It's just finding out new ways and new ideas and stuff like that. So yeah. yeah, it's always good to keep expanding. But anyways, we appreciate you guys listening this week. Um, once again, same as always, if you guys have any questions, topics you want to hear, or any comments about today's episode, feel free to DM me at Hairfields101 on uh Instagram and Riley is Lil underscore Riles A, L, A L. Lil yeah. <laughs> underscore Riles A L. Um, both of us on Instagram or messages Riley Eschbach on Facebook and Edwin Byler on Facebook. So feel free to hit us up anytime Um, and seriously we love you guys topics so if you guys want to shoot one over we would very much appreciate it it's not always the easiest thing coming up for the topics that we think you guys are going to benefit from and something that me and Riley are currently learning so any topics that you guys want to hear just DM us we'd love to hear them. but anyways if that's it I'm going to go ahead and sign off are we good Riley? yep I think we're good wonderful well I appreciate you guys tuning in this week as well with Ed and Riley with The Climb this is Ed signing off